What's up, everybody? My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you are tuned in to Kinda Neat. Thank you for tuning in, as always. This week on the show, we have a rapper out of Cleveland named Kip Stone, and I really love Kip's last record that came out in 2020 called Ohm. It is wonderful. I was first put onto him by a song called Sprague Street that features Mick Jenkins, uh, and he just absolutely annihilates that song. Amazing rapper. Great producer, very, very talented at putting together a cohesive record, and we talk about that. He knows that he's an album artist, and that's his goal, is to put together uh, great cohesive albums throughout his career, and he just put out another one um, last Friday on the 14th called Fago Baby. It's an EP, and it's wonderful. It's like, I would say it's like quarter-life crisis music. He's processing a lot, he's figuring shit out, and he's doing it in a very listenable way. And I think, um, I mean, you guys know, you guys know the type of rappers that I book for this show. You guys know uh, how good they are at rapping. And so, yeah, he's one of those guys. You'll fuck with it. So go listen to Fago Baby right now, or as soon as you're done with this podcast. And um, yeah, keep uh, an eye out for Kip Stone. As I was telling you guys last week, my mom came to help, which has been a huge help because after being off for a month, I've been trying to cram like two months of work into three weeks. Uh, And so my May has been absolutely packed with work and it's been a lot dealing with a baby 100% by yourself, man. I'll tell you. Shout out to all the mothers raising babies by themselves. I have no idea how you do it because even with the two of us, it is a lot. And those days where I do have to work like a full eight hours in the office, you know, it's very hard on my wife. And so I'm very grateful that my mom came down to help because having that extra pair of hands helps us accomplish so much. And she's in that phase where holding a baby for three hours while it naps on you is not bothersome or she doesn't feel like... She's missing out on other chores or work that she could be doing, which they're never ending when you have a child. There's always some kind of laundry to run or dish to run or something. There's always something to do. So like I was telling you guys about that granny flat, we had to get some decor for it because we needed some additional office stuff, office storage. We needed a bed. We needed a nightstand, bathroom stuff. So my mom and I took a trip to Ikea I'm thinking that it would be a couple hours. We were in there for five fucking hours. I don't know why I thought it would be such a good idea to just go to Ikea rather than order online. But we went to Ikea, even though we knew pretty much everything that we were looking for because we had seen it online already. And Ikea is more massive than I even remembered. It's like the size of two Sam's Clubs or two Costco's put together. And it just takes forever to get through. And when you're there, they got you, you know, because as you're walking through all these rooms and seeing all these other things, you go, oh, maybe, maybe I need that too. Oh, maybe I should get that. Not to mention once you buy all the shit, you got to build all the shit. So I spent a good three days straight just building new Ikea furniture. But that said, we're going to have a very, a very affordable and sleek uh, Nordic design in our office space. So it feels good. It, it does feel good to be back working. It's just trying to pack so much into so little time. I think I we've recorded six episodes in the last two weeks or something like that. It's been a lot. Avery, who I've been shouting out at the end of the show, uh, he's been working very hard, and I appreciate that shit a lot. 
And yeah, man, that's it. The baby, he is now six weeks old. And he's starting to show personality. He stays awake a little longer. He smiles all the time. He laughs at things. He he makes faces where you can tell that he's pooping. Like if he makes a if he puckers his lips into like a ooh, like he's about to sip out of a straw, you know that boy is about to let out a big old shit, which is hilarious. So yeah, we're getting to know him a little better. I also am able to recognize which nights are gonna be hard and which nights are gonna be easy. Like if the general rule with him is if he's more of a pain in the ass during the day, the night's going to be really easy because he's going to sleep through most of it. But if he's an angel during the day, expect him to stay awake at night or at least sleep until a good portion into the middle of the night. And then once you try to feed him and get him back down, he's going to be like, nah, bro, we're up. We're up for a while. And that's what happened last night. So I'm off very little sleep, but it's fine. It's fine because that means today, you know, maybe he'll be more fussy today and have an easier night tonight each time that you think you have it down they just go well I'm gonna change everything on you now something's different so but it's cool last night when I took the dog out to exercise my mom came with me and I threw Ozzy in the in the car seat and took him out the car seat and strapped him up to my chest and had this ergo baby thing and stayed outside in the park with him for you know a good two hours and he slept the whole time it was wonderful it's a joy. I, I really am enjoying being a dad. It's fucking dope. I don't know. I like it. I like it. I'm excited to like teach him shit as he gets older. I love passing down wisdom. Dropping bars, if you will. Anyhow, let's get into this episode with Kip Stone. Remember to go check out Fago Baby and Ohm, H-O-M-M-E. His two latest EP and album. I mean... I just think uh, he's a sure shot. Like, you, you got to get into him. He's fucking dope. And I think he's um, really just coming into his stride. And that means that he's going to be in his prime for the next few years. So, it's going to be a lot of great music coming out. That's exciting. Without further ado, here is my interview with Kip Stone. What brings you out to LA? Uh, it's my homie Swoop's birthday. We just out here uh, celebrating and shit. You come out here frequently or no? No, this is my first time. Your first time? Yeah. What do you think about it so far? I'm loving it, man. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> it's got to be a nice switch up from Cleveland, huh? I br- yeah, I've done so much in the past like couple of days. Really? What have you guys done? R- blur, like, I mean, we walked around a lot. We ate good. Yeah. Went to, uh, what's that place? Balboa Island. Balboa Island or something. Oh, yeah, like yeah. Balboa Island. Yeah, right. Ate there. I've not even been there. Just, man. So dispensaries, that's all, nice. Amoeba. I think people sleep on like how good the fucking food is here, Bruh. Like, <laughs> I mean, Cleveland's not a small city by any means, but it's a different food culture for sure. No, nah, the food crazy in uh, Cleveland though. Yeah, food is like that's. I w- I would say Cleveland is a food city. I've I've been to Cleveland twice, but I've only been to kind of like the downtown yuppie area. I feel like like where the ballpark is and where mm. the arena is. Did that stuff, but yeah, tell me about Cleveland growing up there. Cleveland, man. It's well, I I grew up in East Cleveland, which is like pretty small for yeah. real. It's like three square miles in either direction for real. So yeah. like, I like moved around a lot. So I moved to a place called Warrensville, then I moved to Cleveland Heights, 
then moved back to uh, East Cleveland when I was 18. But it's cool, though, man. It's it's fire. It's like... What's the difference between East Cleveland and Cleveland proper? Well, I mean, Cleveland, the entire Cleveland yeah. is just like, you know, like the major city. East yeah. Cleveland is like the hood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, tell me about East Cleveland. East Cleveland is... This is my home, bro. Like, I, where I grew up at, where I, like, everything I've ever, like, all my first experiences, like, yeah. worst, best is in East Cleveland. Describe it to someone as though you're going there for the first time and being surprised by what you see. Like, because when I go to Cleveland, I'm I'm surprised by, like, the amount of brick. It just looks like an old-ass city, right? Well, the, what's crazy is yeah. before East Cleveland turned into, like, the hood, it yeah. was, um... It was like one of the richest neighborhoods in America. Really? Yeah, Euclid was called uh, Millionaire's Row. Wow. The, the street that the street that my street is off of was called Millionaire's Row. Yeah. And it was like all these rich like rich people like John D. Rockefeller was. Uh, no way. I I could be wrong about this. No, but, this sounds this sounds believable to me. <laughs> I could be wrong about this particular like yeah. uh, a park that was like five minutes from my house called uh, Forest Hills. Uh-huh. And like it's like this big, huge ass park, and all of that shit was like John D. Rockefeller's land. No, way. he's 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 buried like on my street. If you go up my street, and it's like a, a row of houses behind yeah. that, it's like a cemetery where like all the famous people, like so a bunch of like mobsters and shit, were buried back there. And yeah. uh, John D. Rockefeller is buried back there too. Holy smokes! What was Rockefeller's hustle again? Was it steel or something, or oil, or I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know my history. One of the big ones. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> So then what happens, like, historically, what happens to East Cleveland that makes it no longer, like, the richest neighborhood in in, in America? I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, I wasn't around for none of that I shit. Mean, yeah, but, like, I, I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because even when we cleaned, we cleaned out my basement, like, three years ago. Yeah. And we found all these books, like, these Jewish books, like. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like, yeah, wow. An old Bible and shit. Like, so, like, are are the houses there, like, hella old then? Yeah. Like, when when do you think your house was built? Uh, I want to say, I think it's, like, the, around the, like, 1940s. 1940s. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Because we found something from, in that, all that trash, we found something from, like, 1940. No way. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. Well, yeah, what's it like as a kid in East Cleveland? What did you used to get into? It was fun, man. All we yeah. did was like as a kid, kid, we was just playing sideline pop and what? What's that? Oh yeah, y'all don't got front yards out here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, mean, I grew up with a front yard, but I never heard of sideline pop. What's that? Sideline pop is when you playing football in the street. Oh, okay, yeah. And then if you run in the grass, yeah, it's tackle, but it's touch in the middle of the street. Oh, that's tight. Yeah, we see. We used to have like uh, concrete playgrounds at school, and we would just play touch, but touch to try and push people over. Yeah. So like sideline pop, uh, Dino Man. Yeah, that's like some. I don't know if that's some Cleveland shit. That might be some. Cleveland I never shit. heard of that either. Dino Man. It's like it's basically like rugby. Okay, <laughs> but like you just run, you just run until somebody knock you down. We used to. Uh, this is so problematic. But we used to call that smear the queer. Smear. No yeah. shit. That's out of pocket. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was like some 80s shit i yeah. guess i don't know so it's just basically like tag what you tackle the shit out of somebody yeah 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 we used to put that, that kind of shit yeah what about school you dropped out right you talk about that on the record mm-hmm. yeah so what about as an elementary kid like did you like school or you just always hated it it was fire elementary i went to private school i don't went to like all like every kind of school you can go to yeah, yeah. i'm in private school public school home school like really yeah but as a kid i went to a uh, private school how come uh, mom dukes was trying to keep up with the joneses i guess yeah she was right. trying to you know give us a better education yeah but like like uniforms and everything mm-hmm. yeah that was it was culture shock going from public private school to public school really because like at least my the school i went to is like every year we it was a different so it was 
eight classrooms. Yeah. And each classroom had a teacher, and that teacher would just teach there for years and years. So you would go from teacher to teacher. Right. And, like, it was 20 of us in one room uh-huh. for every subject, like, every single subject. And then you would age up and go into the next, with the same class, like, to the next mm-hmm. teacher? Yeah. And yeah. then one of one of our teachers, like, followed us from third grade. Like, she got moved to fourth grade. Yeah. <laughs> just so you just had her two with. years in a row? Yeah, just because she loved us. For wow. You still, like, think fondly of that teacher? Yeah. Yeah. She was, she was Miss Ashurst, man. She was she was the GOAT. Third and fourth grade are formative years in the years of an artist, I feel like, because I'll bet you those are the years you started writing poetry. No. no? I, I, I used to just, like, freestyle, like, as a kid and okay. shit. Okay. Yeah. Well, so you said your mom was trying to keep up with the Joneses. What, what was mom doing, like, to provide for the family? She was working hard, man. Yeah. Like, that shit, like, most of the time, like, not to shit on her and like that, but, like, I was with my grandmas most of the time. Okay, for, yeah. Either my grandma on my mother's side or my grandmother on my father's side. Yeah. Because, you know, mom dudes would work. She'd be tired as fuck, come home. Like, right. Well, what kind of work was she into? She worked at a place called IHDG. Yeah. It was some shit like some interior. She wanted to be an interior decorator. Okay, so yeah. she was, like, working towards that. But Yeah. What about dad? Uh, Pops. Yeah. He, um... I don't want to talk about that actually. That's, all, that, that's totally fine. <laughs> I don't want to put his business out there for nah, real. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He, um, yeah, he yeah. Was that's cool. He was he was present. Yeah, he's in your life. That's cool. Did your were your folks together? No. So was it a lot of back and forth between the grandparents' house? Did they all live in East Cleveland? No, they lived in uh, Shaker. Well, how far is that? Shaker is probably like thirty minutes from East Cleveland. Yeah, not so bad. Is it like more rural? Yeah, it's a little. It's a, I mean, it's nicer parts, but like yeah. where I was at wasn't. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, how frequently are you between the different houses? Is it like every other week you're just moving, or is it every other day? Every other weekend. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. One sister. One sister, older or younger? Older. Was she like um, putting you on to cool shit as an older sister? I used to steal her shit. I used to steal. Uh, she had this pink boombox. Yeah. <laughs> when she used to listen to hard music, I stole that bitch when she uh, went to college. That's funny. And she used to like she left all her CDs. Like she had Destiny Child. And oh yeah. Fucking uh, for some reason she had JT Money like the single. You know how the the uh, CDs that used to come out that had the song and the instrumental. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> it was JT Money. That and who so you used to freestyle who that? So you used to freestyle over who that? Bro, I'm t- yes. And <laughs> with a um with with a, a camcorder. Yeah. That's like the first shit I ever recorded was on the camcorder. So you would be like videotaping the audio and the video. Yeah, I yeah. just hold it up to the uh speaker. Yeah, and yeah. To it. OG selfie rapping. Yeah, like that, that shit goes viral now. You know, do it in the car. (laughs) Um, How much older was your sister? Four years. Four years. Oh, so she was like significantly older, low key. Like, Mm -hmm. Like she, she'll tell you, like, she'll jump in the middle and be like, I had a hand in raising him, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My sister was tough, man. She was tough. Taught me how to fight. Really? She could scrap? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) My sister got them bitches. No shit. Yes. Were you always big? Like, you're tall. I've been tall. I've been tall, like, my whole life. I've always been, like, at least the tallest person in my class. Did that make people not fuck with you or make people fuck with you more? No, I don't bother nobody. So, yeah. nobody. I just, like, that's just, like, not my whole life. I just, like, kept them out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, nobody really bothered me for real. Yeah, laid back type dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So, then, how long are you in that private school? Till sixth grade. And education was, like, good to you. You liked it? Man, it was cool. It was, like... The private school shit was cool, but, like, the only time I ever really did good in class was because somebody called me stupid. <laughs> uh, and then you were, like, out of spite, like, Yeah, out of that. spite, I just got, like, straight A's and B's, and yeah. I just gave the fuck up after that. That's really funny. So, when you give up, is that when you go to public school? 
I went to public school just because I just wanted to know what it was like. Yeah. Like, I had friends that went to public school, and they would be telling me shit that happened to them in school, and I'd be like, what the fuck? That is not happening. Yeah. And then, like, my when I first went to public school, that shit was weird. It was like, people was, it was just fighting and cussing, and people was fingering each other and shit. I'm like, <laughs> man, what the fuck going on here? Where yeah. am I? <laughs> the fingering era. That's such a that's such a time in your life. Bruh. Oh, yeah. my God. That's very funny. <laughs> that shit was crazy, dude. Like, oh. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta, I gotta reset after that. Um, <laughs> what's the like sociological makeup of the private school versus the sociological makeup of the public school? Is it a culture shock because the private school is like mostly white kids? No, the my my uh, school was like mostly black people. Oh yeah, most of the most of the kids that went there uh, lived in East Cleveland too. Okay, yeah, they, like I think I only had two white people in my class. So then it's not like a racial makeup culture shock. It's just a culture shock of like. Fools are wearing regular clothes and wilding out. Yeah, just it's just the behavior and shit. Yeah, like. and so this is like junior high when you go there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you feel like you were behind in your personal style because you never had to have like school clothes? Bro, I used to get fried. I was gonna say, <laughs> <laughs> I used to get fried because yeah. I was wearing um Converse weapons and shit. Like, I well, I try to freak it with the jerseys, but like yeah. people used to do this shit like when. Like they'll walk up on you and like trace your jersey number with their hand, yeah, and then be like, "Oh, this fake!" Like, yeah. and then it's just everybody just clown you for having fake shit on. Like but, the champion jersey era, or was it like uh, Mitchell and Mitchell and that shit? What's the one that was at Foot Locker? Oh yeah, okay. I forget what kind they was. But. Yeah, yeah. I still fuck around and collect like the old champion jerseys, and sometimes I'll accidentally buy a fake one that I can tell is fake. And, <laughs> and it's funny because ten years ago you could find them at thrift stores for like fifteen bucks. Now people know that like people collect them so they'll, you, they'll be like 90 bucks and shit you're like what the fuck dude i had i had a uh pistol pete yeah oh spud Webb. yeah yeah no nah, we was and larry bird all kind of shit and i had an old vintage mark price jersey oh that's tight uh, uh 96 colorway yeah does that kickstart you into like figuring out your personal style then as you're getting flamed yeah i had to figure something out because yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm not about to be that guy i'm not about to be the dude that and I was never, like, quick with the jokes and shit like that. So I just had to learn how to take a joke, basically. Yeah. Because, you know what I'm saying? Like, people, like, when you getting, like, really flamed. Yeah. And then you can't get and you can't get salty. Like, you can't be the one that's, like, sitting there pouting and shit. Because yeah. then everybody, like, people will stop laughing at you and then see you look salty in the corner and then be like, oh, it shit, you salty. Like, make and then it just make it that much worse. Yeah, so much worse. So you got to learn how to take a fucking joke. Yeah, right. So what about, like, sports and shit? I try to but no? No, I got cut, man. I, really? Yeah. Yeah. I was ineligible. No sports in uh, um no sports in the private school? Mm, I played like soccer when I was a kid. That's yeah, right. I, that's it. Mm. That's interesting. No just no athletic bug. You walk in and I'm like, "Oh, this is a man that looks athletic right here." <laughs> I try I played football for one day. <laughs> but and practice it, is too hard? No, I was crazy as I, w- I was enjoying it. I'm like, "Oh, this shit fire." And then yeah. it, like they it came time to pass out our pads and shit and yeah. pass our like our helmets. Yeah, and I ain't like the way the coach like it. He just did some weird shit when he handed my shit and he like smacked me on the top of the head yeah. real hard. And I looked up at this and I'm like, "What the fuck wrong with you?" And I was like, "Yeah, I ain't going back to this one." <laughs> <laughs> so I like, this coach is a dickhead. Yeah, that's really funny. Um, so then I don't know what were you into then. I was just running around. I was just doing a whole bunch of just stupid shit. Like all my friends went to different schools, so. I was just going to fuck with them, partying yeah. with them, smoking, drinking, all that kind of shit. Even at, in like junior high already? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, what, what what was the party scene like in Cleveland? It was just house parties. Yeah. And kickbacks. Like the kickbacks, the hood kickbacks was crazy, bro. Yeah. Like in the basements and shit. 
<sighs> Good times. Just man. down there fingering people in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> no, for, well, no, the, uh, I was just telling the homies the other day because we was um the uh, IX Center was out out there, and we, they uh one time they threw a party there, and that was like the first time I got twerk. Yeah. And ever since then, it's just been like finding the like raw house parties, yeah, with their little basement parties and shit like that, and down there trying to get twerked on and shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was so fun. I used to love house parties when I was a kid. That's so yeah, those were very fun, good times. Um, so yeah, I don't know, like, what happens with school? Do you start getting in trouble or something? Like, when did you drop out? I dropped out. I had freshman credits. Yeah, as a senior. Okay. So at at a point in time, I was just like, fuck it, I don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, I, I miss school so much. Like I had more absences than like. How come? I just was, I was skipping. You just skipping? Yeah. My homies was older than me. Like a couple of my homies was older than me and I was just following them around. They, yeah. They went to, uh, Tri-C, which is a community college. Yeah. And I was just fucking around with them. Yeah. Right. I mean, here's the thing is like in listening to you rap, I mean, you even talk about it, like the smartest dropout you ever met or something like that or mm-hmm. smartest uneducated dude, like you could tell that you are educating yourself somehow. Yeah. So, like, did, did you have any teachers pulling you aside as a kid and going like, yo, Kip, what are you doing? Like, why aren't you concentrating? Like, what the fuck's going on here? No, nah, not really. Really? Nobody noticed how talented you are? I had, like, cool teachers that was just, like, kind of just understood that this shit wasn't for me. Yeah. Like, one time I fell asleep in class and the uh, teacher was like, we well, all landed at, like, the class was being loud it was like keep it down like, yeah. trying to sleep he's trying to catch up on yeah. Some yeah 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 well yeah I, that school just was not for me at all yeah and then it was like we was broke so i didn't feel like even if i did graduate i couldn't go to college like right so it, it just wasn't something i was trying to do so what was, what was the plan you think just rapping yeah basically i was gonna figure something out because from what age when did you start rapping i started rapping when i was 17, 2010, what would have been my year to graduate. Okay. So it's not like you're this 13 year old with dreams of being Bow Wow or something. Like you started at a normal time. You started like, you know, when you start getting a little chest hair and shit like that. Mm -hmm. That makes me think like at that time, you you couldn't have been uh, acquiring any buzz or anything like that yet. So it was just this pipe dream that you have, right? Mm -hmm. But was that the only plan or was it just like, I'm just going to get jobs and see what happens? Yeah. Yeah. Just working nine to five, trying to figure shit out. Shitty job after shitty job. Yeah, what were some of the shitty jobs in Cleveland? My first job was a grocery store called Zagaris. Yeah. And I was a bagger and I got fired. That was my first job too. Um, why'd you get fired? I, because I called, I think I called the manager and I was calling off. But I think I told her like, yeah, I'm not feeling it today. So <laughs> I was just, <laughs> I was just like, I don't feel like coming in today. And yeah. she was like, what the fuck are you talking about? She's like, then don't feel like coming in tomorrow. Yeah, and then they called me like, later today and was like yeah don't come back here anymore no shit yeah how long did that job last it's like a year and a half oh that's pretty good though that's a good run yeah and then what then uh i got into a fucked up accident so i was just uh i was just doing nothing like a car accident or something Mm -hmm. yeah like bad injury yeah what happened uh my nose got broken into like a j shape oh shit uh my eye was split like oh, my yeah, whole, I can see the yeah, scar, huh? My whole eyelid was split wide open. I had glass, like, in, like near my brain, I Were guess. Were you driving? No, I was a passenger. Passenger? Mm-hmm. Man, like, just, was it just like a regular car ride, or was, were you guys having fun that night or something? What? No, we was just coming, um, we was coming home from school, oh, and then wow. some dude, like, we just got hit head on. Oh, no. Yeah, I put, like, the, after the uh, accident, I pulled the last piece of glass, it was like a piece of glass that was like a shard of 
it was like a a grain of rice. Yeah. I pulled that shit out of my eye. Oh my god. Like two or three years after the accident. Oh wow. It was just like living in there mm-hmm. trying to push his way out your skin. Yeah. I oh, had like my. three or four surgeries. Yeah. Were you and, in the hospital for like long ass time? No, I was out that night. You were out that night. Did you have any other broken bones other than your nose? My cheekbone. My cheekbone was like fractured. Yeah. And then they uh they had to stitch my shit. Well, they they didn't cuz it was too sensitive, but Yeah. I had to when I went back for uh surgeries and stuff, they put shit up my nose to straighten it. Was all the surgeries on your face? Wow. Mm-hmm. Like plastic surgery type shit to fix scars or what? Yeah, like it? skin from behind my ear. To my oh eye. my gosh. Did everybody in the accident survive? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good at least. Yeah. yeah. That shit was rough. Like I I, I wish I would have kept the pictures of the shit cuz like my face went through the windshield. Oh, wow. Was the driver who hit you guys drunk or something? No, he was just trying to catch a light. That was it? Yeah. Did insurance sue his ass? Like, did you get any money out of that? Like $2,000. That's, oh, that's, that's <laughs> bogus. Yeah, they fly, they fly. I feel like at that point, man, you should have got a fucking bag. Yeah, they smoked me. Yeah. Because I got, yeah, I got like two, man. That's how, that's how I bought my first car. Oh, what, with the two Gs? Yeah. What kind of car was it? <laughs> Chevy Lumina, 1996. So, hell yeah. All right. Well, I mean, shit, you get in a car accident, you get a new car. Basically. Yeah, there you go. And so, uh, where does the Chevy Lumina start taking you? What were you doing with it? Bro, I was just riding around trying to get some pussy. That's all I was trying to do. <laughs> That's literally all I was trying to do, just riding around, listening to music, smoking, and trying to find yeah, yeah. Find hoes. In, listen, in listening to your projects, to me, you sound like a man that has direction. You sound like a man with purpose. You don't sound like somebody just wandering around aimlessly through life. So explain to me what's going on in the back of your head, because I feel like you're painting this picture of aimlessness you mu- you must have been driven in the background and you're like honing your craft at home or something, right? Yeah, I wanted to, I just want to be the best. Yeah. Like so how do you start working to be the best? Just well, you got to get started first. Yeah, that was how did you get started? Part. Tell me about that. I recording onto a uh a Mac like just straight into the uh computer in, into the mic. Yeah, yeah, and then one of my my friends he got like some studio equipment and then we started recording there. So you're just learning in GarageBand or something or what, Logic in yeah. oh, Logic. Yeah, okay. And so what kind of equipment does he get? What kind of mic did he have? He had the one that everybody had when they started out. Yeah. I forget what it was called like T2 something, okay. T1 something like yeah, that. Yeah, right. And yeah, we was just in his closet rapping. Yeah. Who were you listening to at the time? You know, when you first start rapping it takes a while to find your voice and you're emulating people at first. So, like, who do you think, uh, looking back, you were trying to emulate? Other than Eminem when I first started. Eminem, really? I would not have guessed that. Yeah, that yeah. was that's the the reason I started rapping. No shit. Watching 8 Mile. Oh, wow. No kidding. Yeah. How old are you when 8 Mile comes out? 17, 16? No. No. I was pretty young. Yeah. I don't I don't remember. I would have to look up when 8 Mile came out. But yeah, yeah. that's when I first started. Like, I sat at the foot of my mom's bed, wrote my first uh, yeah. raps. Yeah. But my my like my influence, I guess what got me to where I'm at now sure. is actually my fa- one of my favorite rappers. Well, my favorite rapper at the time was Young Dro. Oh yeah, and and uh, King Chip. Well, he King Chip not, but he was Chip the Rip. When, yeah, yeah, when yeah. I, but like just people that was like crazy with the punchlines and shit like that because it was some shit that we was doing in Cleveland. I was like it was capping and wrecking. Uh-huh. So it was kind of like an offshoot of the like Texas. You know what I'm saying? Like Swisher House and yeah, all that, yeah. that whole movement. Yeah. But we put like a little, you know, a little spin on it. Like, and the I, the biggest song, like uh, an example, if anybody has heard it, is probably uh, I Done Came Down by Fat Al. Okay. So it was that. It was just like saying the most ridiculous baller punchline you can think of. Like, my Chevy sits so high, my fucking 
head like just hit God in the nose or some shit yeah, like that, yeah, like yeah, just yeah. some astronomical crazy ass punchline. I always think like instantly when you said like Sweatshirt House, I always think of this line that Paul Wall says when he's like. I'm on the scene strapped up like I'm bungee jumping. That's like one of my favorite fucking bars of yeah. all time. Yeah, yeah. So it was that same punchline, but it was just like about balling. And, and the uh, the idea behind it was like, because it was called capping. Mm-hmm. Somebody told me, one of the people that did it told me that it was like, the punchlines are like so crazy and ridiculous that it's like you capping. Yeah. So it became like cap rapping. Okay. Because it's like, you just saying the most outlandish shit ever. And people was like, you, he must be capping. Yeah, right. And so that was what you started doing? Mm-hmm. Well, you said capping and wrecking? Yeah. What was wrecking then? Wrecking was like a little bit more like uh, lyrical, I feel like. Yeah. Like, because capping was like one-two punch, but like people that was wrecking, that shit, that shit was like a little faster to me. At least that's how I heard it. Yeah, right. But like the uh, person that I heard do it the best was uh, my cousin A-Rod and um, King Chip. Yeah. Like he, because King Chip did it. Chip did it like... It was like he was doing that, but it was like he can really rap, though, at the same time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, I don't know. He just, he did it, but he was like, to me, he was just like the best at it, like the most lyrical. Right. And so that's what I wanted to do. I was like, I want to do that shit, too, but I don't want to just say punchlines. I want to, like, actually say shit, too. Yeah. So that's, like, how I, you know, apply it to my shit. What's the local scene like where you were at at that time like what were you guys trying to accomplish because like our whole goal was like to play shows you feel me it was like if you were working then you were playing shows you're opening for people you're doing whatever you're getting you're getting like your chops up on stage what were you guys doing as you're trying to come up it was just what we was doing people was doing mad shows okay yeah i wish they was in here right now because they could attest to this shit but like this uh peabody's and the baby grand and all that kind of shit yeah so okay like so and that was like the goal and it became like the grog shop the agora house of blues and all that kind of shit oh yeah so those are like the house of blues probably a big venue out there yeah? yeah it was getting the shows and it was getting the fuck out like that was that was like everybody's thing like if you ask anybody what they was trying to do they was trying to get the fuck they was trying to go get out you know what yeah. i'm saying like yeah. not that cleveland is just that shitty but it's just like yeah. it's fucking cleveland so did you start acquiring a local buzz or like like at what point did you start acquiring a local buzz probably after uh i dropped a song called 30 feet tall yeah where i like dissed everybody you dissed everybody what year was this who 12 13 yeah what's the idea behind dissing everybody i wanted to be the best <laughs> and i was trying to let everybody know like I'm just calling it, inviting you to the dance. Like, if you feel like you can do it, the only person that that actually, I don't want to say kept up, but, like, the only person that, like, understood where I was going with it because, like, a lot of people took it the wrong way. Right. But it was supposed to be, like, just, like, the spirit of, you know what I'm saying? Like, some competitive Competition, shit. like a challenge. Yeah, the yeah. only person that took it the right way was my brother, Nuke Franklin. Yeah. And he was, like, but he, he like, got it. You still work with him to this day, yeah? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's my, that's, like, my best friend in the whole world. Okay, yeah. You you guys were best friends back then too. Nah, we uh. That's what made you guys like get to know each other. Over time, we just got we just bonded because you know what I'm saying like he was we was just like it, we just got like a brother kind of chemistry for real. Yeah. So what he responds to that song? No, he jumps on the remix with me. Oh yeah. <laughs> and fucking floated, and I was just like, yes, that's yes, that's this what is what I wanted. wanted. So at that point, with all those venues in town, like when rappers are coming into town, are you trying to like hop on the bill with them and open for people, or how does that work? 
You can do that, but like you gotta you gotta like know somebody for real. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Know somebody that's throwing the event. Most of the time it's like people that's cool with each other, so they're like whoever they fuck with is who they do, which is, you know, obviously. So you were just trying to throw your own local shows or what were, what were you doing? I was just hopping on wherever anybody that like would have me. My yeah. homies was doing shit back in the day too, but it was like smaller scale for real. Yeah. Like more intimate. Who are the people that you're kind of sharpening your swords with at the beginning? My guy, uh, Peach Curls. Yeah. And, well, that was just it. It was just me and him. Did it take you a while to, like, get your mic control down and shit like that? Or did everything kind of come naturally to you? I didn't get that shit down until last year. Really? (laughs) Well, no, not last year. Well, like, whenever I started working on OM, that's, like, when I first got it together. Like, I spent spent the vast majority of my career hating everything I put out. Really? It was, like, listening to, uh, to like, a voicemail or something like that? No, it just didn't feel right. Like, it just, like... That's interesting because I, I... one of the things that I like really stood out to me about you instantly was your voice. Like, I think that you have a really um, amazing and classic vocal tone. You know what I mean? Like you got a real fucking rap voice, which is hard to come by sometimes, you know? So that surprises me that you didn't like your recordings prior to own. Yeah, I didn't fuck with it at all. What do you do to start figuring that out? You just got to be trash for real. Because like, I knew I was good. But the shit that I was making just wasn't hitting, so I was just like, I got to just keep at it. And then eventually, maybe, like, I'll start to like this shit one day. What changes on OM that makes you figure it out? OM was, like, the first time I ever was just like, all right, I'm going to make the kind of music I want to make. Like, I just want to—I know what I want to say, I know how I want it to sound, and I'm going to do it. Like, it was, like, my most—like, the freest I was working on on anything that freedom helps you kind of like figure out your your tone and your your voice in a mm-hmm. literal and figurative sense mm-hmm. and then we had like uh me and nuke we we, we uh got this thing called uh shout i'm giving the keys away fuck you don't slap the shit out of me okay <laughs> fucking um <laughs> it's called shadow boxing where we uh take a beat and put it on for like 30 minutes yeah and then you just write what you can and if it's what however good it is you just gotta fucking lay it down yeah you know what I'm saying? So and you guys are really practicing. Practicing. And then, like, then we made a, a album that's, like, just trash as fuck. Like, on purpose. We just made a whole bunch of badass songs. To get it out your system? Yeah. But what ended up happening was we, um like, a lot of the shit we was playing around, when we was working on something serious, we, we'd be like, I'd be like, hey, do your voice like how you did it on... uh on the on the that one trash, trash song. song, yeah, or yeah. He, or he'd do the same thing, like yeah, hey, remember when you did woo, 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 do that on here, yeah, and then like so it just became like we took a lot of that shit out of like one of them songs actually made it to his album, really, yeah, because like it's, it's like when you're genuinely not giving a fuck, sometimes some magic happens. That was it. That was the idea because it was just like we not thinking about this shit, we not trying to make it sound good, so we just in here doing shit, like yeah. Yeah, and so sometimes like you just stumble across some gold. Mm-hmm. That's that's crazy. Um, also, yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know if anybody's gonna steal that technique, but I like the fact that you guys are really like practicing to practice and like figuring shit out. You know, I, I feel like so many people just put out every single thing that that ever comes off of a mic. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, I recorded it, so it's good. Let's put it out. Yeah, no, nah. yeah, no, nah. no. Nah, we like are we very critical? Yeah, yeah. From 2013, you're putting, I mean, like, were you already putting stuff on streaming platforms even before 2013? The first that I put up was on MySpace. Yeah. Oh, it wow. Was a, it was a remix to uh, Uh-Oh by Ja Rule. Yeah. Remember that song? I'm sure I would know it if I heard it, but those da da duds didn't do nothing for me, but. That was, that was the first that I ever recorded. Yeah, yeah. And so, and you threw it up on MySpace. What was that, like? 
high school then? It was like tail end of high school. It was like fizzling out at that point. Yeah, right. And then, I don't know, how else do you go about trying to create a buzz? Are you posting on, I, I would imagine after MySpace, you start posting on Facebook. And then do, do you go through like a SoundCloud era, a Bandcamp era? What do you do? We was just putting shit out and just, you know, like reaching out to anybody that would help in any kind of way. Yeah. That's how I met Ryan. Like, we was just. Oh, you just emailed somebody at Biz3? No, nah, we um he he was at a video shoot that I was at, and him and my manager at the time started talking, and we just been rocking ever since then. It, this is in Cleveland, mm-hmm. or, yeah, right. Because he because he from Cleveland too. Oh, he's from Cleveland. All right, cool. I mean, Biz Three, that's good people to have on your side. Yeah, definitely. yeah. I want to return to this idea of of the aimlessness, right? Because I feel like everybody in your life must have thought like, oh, here's Kip out here fucking up. But that, do they realize how hard you're working on background trying to like become a rapper? Or did you, did you like really make that public or, or was it more of a, like, this is my, my secret life that my family doesn't know about. It was, it was support, but it was just like support how your homies and how your family supports you. It's like, oh, this is what he want to do. Yeah. Oh, there's his little dream. That's yeah. cool. And yeah. then, you know, and then it became something like, you know what I'm saying? Like that people was like, oh, okay. Yeah. But before that, it was just like, you are homie and you rap, so we going to show you love. And my like family, I never got any pushback from my family or nothing. Like my mom, my dad, all the like. So what would your days look like back then in the days before Ohm? Is it like wake up in the morning, go to a shitty job, stay up late working on music all night? Basically. Yeah. Or just getting geek. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like. That's how I did most. That's what I did most of the time. Like I just be chilling in my room, and then I like go smoke, and then just listen to a bunch of music, and then just start writing shit down. How do you start uh, meeting the producers that you work with, or do you produce your own shit? Yeah, you do. Yeah. Oh, great! That that opens <laughs> up a whole new conversation. Then that's fantastic. You produced own? Uh, most of it. No shit. There are some fucking bangers on there. I I just assumed that you like had a production team. Like, so how do you start getting good at making beats? Same thing, just letting yourself be be trash. Yeah. Cause it started as a like a necessity of like I can't find nobody to make me beat, so I gotta just learn how to make beats. No shit. And mm-hmm. were you doing that on Logic as well? Nah, Fruity Loops. On Fruity Loops, trial oh. for a trial version of Fruity Loops. Hell yeah, yeah. So you just download the trial version, never paid for it. No. Nope. Did you ever crack it? Like, like, did you find like a password that you could put into? Somebody cracked it for me like a couple years ago. Yeah. Oh, so you couldn't even save your fucking beat, or like once you saved them, you couldn't reopen them. You had to say you had to do what you did to the beat, yeah, and then export that shit, and then and then that was all you had. Yeah. And then you could maybe like edit the wave in another program or something, but you could never fuck with that beat again. Yeah, you could two track it, but like Woo! you could not touch that bitch back up. Like no that. shit. And so did you start off on Fruity Loops doing mostly MIDI stuff or did you figure out how to sample instantly and you're flipping samples? Like, what did you do? I was just clicking. You know what I'm saying? Just like uh, working Splice Yeah. on there. I think I think it's called Splice. Yeah, Splice. That's the, the sample chopping shit. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. What kind of stuff were you drawn to sampling early on um, when you started making beats? Um, I was listening to Mad Kimbra. Oh, yeah. And Gaye. Uh, what was that? What was that? Because I sampled it on my album, my first album. Two Lost Cousins. Okay. That's, that's the name of the song. I forget the name of the band. But I was listening to like a lot of uh, kind of alternative rock and like shit. Indie rock shit. Yeah, like Mike Snow and shit like that. Well, how are you finding your drums and stuff like that? Downloading drum kits or? or... I was making my drums when I first started. What do you mean? Like, ch- like finding? Just clicking shit. Oh, yeah. Clicking, like clicking, you know, like 
doing a little uh, step sequencer thing and yeah. shit like that. And just using like kit drums that came with Fruity Loops? Mm -hmm. No shit. And then EQ and throwing the sound good either on them or mm -hmm. some shit? Yep. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no the struggle, man. Man, come on, dog. <laughs> so what's it like when you finally have it cracked and you can start saving them and working on them a second time or a third time? Oh, my God, bro. That was so fire. Yeah. It was so fire because around that time I met my first like engineer slash producer. Yeah. And he was like, when I first started, he was like, track outs, track outs, track outs. I'm like, I fucking can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so You're I like, lost. You don't understand. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I lost a whole, like, a whole project before that yeah. fucking around. Cause like. People don't, I think people that don't make music on a computer don't realize the struggle of trying to archive the music you've made. I feel like everyone has at least one album worth of material that they've just completely lost because, like, they didn't save it right or the computer crashed Crash. or you fucking lose a hard drive or whatever. Like archiving your music is, it becomes as much about learning um, how to do that as it does about learning how to rap. You saying that right now and I'm low key shook that I'm going to just go home and all my beats going to be deleted <laughs> off my computer. <laughs> I'm not jinxing you knock on wood. I'm not going to jinx you like that. Yeah, no, nah, no. Nah. But yeah, I mean, that's some real shit. Like it took years to figure out how to like properly, you know, and then and then you have to get like a naming system for all your samples and shit because if you start naming shit the same way, sometimes you'll open it up on Fruity Loops and it'll be all mumbo jumbo samples and your beats all fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. My shit, because my shit, I just name, I be naming shit ridiculous stuff like, yeah yeah how do you meet your engineer that you work with through my uh old management team and how do you meet your first management team like how do they come to believe in you and and want to help be on the team they passed on me at, he passed on me at first but like i don't know what came over him but at some point he was just like you know what let me listen to that kid dude again yeah and he was like oh he, he raw as fuck yeah so then we was just working ever since then. Were they managing other people locally as well or what? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, who else were they working with? I think I think he might have worked with uh, MGK. Oh, yeah. yeah. He worked with MGK, the dude named Corey Babes. Okay. MGK is from Cleveland, people, huh? Yeah. My manager at the time, well, at that time, well, he worked with everybody from Cleveland. Yeah. Like, everybody went through him. He sees that you must be next up in Cleveland then. Yeah. That's dope. How does your growth with a rapper coincide with, like, finding new teams? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you realize that shit's not working and you need to find a new team? Eventually, like, when you're just doing, the, like, chasing your tail, like, or putting music out, and 500 happened. people listen to it, putting it out, 500, like, you know what I'm saying? Eventually, you're like, okay, something has to change. Right. That's when you start looking at, like, management and PR and shit like that. Yeah. That shit is depressing when you're just putting putting music out and you like you thinking in your head like yo this is that shit yeah and then that that feeling of like it being anticlimactic you know like oh man this is the one and then nothing happens and it's mm -hmm. like fuck yeah that shit sucks yeah that shit got so bad that like not even to be like on no super depression shit but yeah. like it, it's like I, it's why i don't for a while i never really got happy about releasing music yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like even you when you couldn't shit allow was, yourself to get excited about yeah. it because it's like I had to see it do good to be happy about it. Like so, I'll put a song out and it just be like, okay, it's out now. But when it start to like pick up, that's when it's like, oh, okay, for sure. Yeah, when does it start to pick up? Yeah, that was Sprawl Street because oh, yeah, Sprawl Street went crazy. That song is a banger. Yeah, yeah. I actually when I first listened to him, I like probably ran that one back like three times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that verse is like out of control. Yeah, good job. Thank you, man. Yeah, I was gonna like, I was gonna request like, oh, could you just do Sprock Street on the channel? Because like, that's my shit. Um, did you put that as a, out as a single before the before the um, record came out? Yep. Yeah. Did it end up on some playlists and shit? Yeah, it was all over the place. Yeah, that's probably my most one of my my most successful songs. Does it end up on um, 
like most necessary or something or like one of the big ass playlists mm -hmm. yeah it, it hits some pretty big playlists like they, a lot of people show me love on that song that's really dope yeah that shit was fire yeah and you made a video for it no it wasn't a video for you that. never made a video for it mm -mm. why not because that song's sad as fuck yeah <laughs> you know why you want to yeah look at me being sad as fuck rapping about my plight and shit why because that just that shit just don't call for a video for real i think like yeah a lot of your music touches on various serious subject matter i wouldn't say sad i would say it's contemplative i would say it's probably cathartic for you to get that stuff out but do you feel like do you feel overexposed when you make that kind of music that you don't want people to see it but you're you're fine with them hearing it does no, that make sense i feel like i haven't shared enough like that's that's what this that's what the newer stuff is all about. It's just like I'm trying to like open all the way up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I want to put it like I want to say everything. Yeah. But I got to figure out a way to do it where it's not like overwhelming. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cuz like it's shit that I'd be wanting to say that I'd be like, "Uh, do I take them there or do I just So yeah, that's what I battle with, but Yeah. I hear about that struggle a lot from artists and I feel like it's a thing where, um, you know, our society doesn't really allow for black men to be that vulnerable a lot of the times. Right. No. Yeah. That's not a, that's not a thing. Well, that's just like in our communities though. Like we don't deal with trauma and shit the right way. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, that shit is just embedded in us for real. Yeah. A lot of that shit out there, I feel like just stem from like people not wanting to accept shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, accept what's going on. So it's like you just do something to distract yourself from it. Or, like, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, make up a, a scenario for, like, like even, like, when, um like, if somebody <laughs> in the hood got, like, a fucked up leg or something, they'd call, that, call them, like, righty or some shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, try to make light of, like, we, we try to make light of all the shit that's, yeah. like, going on. Like, yeah. to, you know what I'm saying? On the record, though, you talk about therapy, don't you? Uh, no, I I, I want to go to therapy. I wanted to go to therapy. Okay, but like that um, it was supposed to be like my therapy, like the like even on the interlude, how I start off the song, like talking to my therapist. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Like it, you said something about therapy on there. I knew that. It's, okay, so you you don't literally go to a therapist. It's like mm -mm. the record is your therapist. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. it's like it, it started out as like me talking to my therapist. Then it's like there is no therapist. It's just me just getting my shit out. I got you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the record was like a whole lot of catharsis for you then, yeah, mm -hmm. getting it off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You go further into that on the new stuff? Uh, I lightened up a little bit on this one. Yeah. I talked about like more of the fun shit going yeah. on in my life, like in my younger years and stuff like that. I got you. That's That, that was for this one. But there's a balance maybe of both? Definitely. Because I have to wonder, do you ever see yourself, be brutally honest with me, do you see yourself as being someone who's going to make like hit singles or do you want to be like a workhorse MC who's just like really fucking talented at rapping Does that, you know what I mean because I yeah. feel like those don't coexist very often yeah no I I think like I mean however you know however people receive it yeah because you know I don't I don't be want to think about that right too too much like you can't or else it doesn't yeah, happen yeah and that shit will drive you crazy because I think about rappers in, in in your vein right a lot these guys who are very fucking technically proficient and make these records that are super cohesive and and you can listen to them all in one sitting without skipping a song right mm -hmm. and, and i think um the only rapper to uh, to do that kind of shit and like really cross into the mainstream is like a kendrick you know what mm -hmm. i'm saying but he's like such an, an anomaly but then i think there's this whole um generation of dudes that make 
records that that could be in that same pantheon you know what i mean mm-hmm. that could be in that same conversation i think about dudes like you like um idk like saba like um you know all, all these mcs that are just very good at expressing an idea and being able to like expand upon that idea throughout a whole project mm-hmm. right yeah the album artists like it's album all, artists yeah that's if i guess that that's that would be the answer to your question yeah sure like i want to be like i don't care about hits or none of that kind of shit i just want to be known as like the album guy yeah kit makes great records yeah great albums yeah that's that's my shit because that's what i like that's dope why do you think that is did you grow up listening to like albums all the way through and those mm-hmm. that that was your shit mm-hmm. yeah yeah just like i always loved that like cohesive yeah albums and of course when you get older you just start to appreciate it more and then when you make music you just appreciate it more it's like because it's hard to do. Yeah. When you hear somebody make like a perfectly cohesive album, it's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. 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 For real. That's what it's all about. Cause like, I got like my dream albums and shit that it's like three specific albums that when I make them, it's going to be like, this is the one, like, this is that shit. Yeah. What do you mean? Like you have them blueprinted in your head already or mm-hmm. what is that? Yeah. Yep. How do you manifest that? Do you like, is it, do they just exist in your head or do you have like ideas jotted down on paper of how you want these to sound? You just wait until it's until it feels like time to start working on it. Really? Because I'm I'm going to start very soon. Yeah. It's like working on the perfect record. Yeah. Well, my my see my uh one of my sequence. Are they going to be like a trilogy? Uh, it's t- it's it's three uh, it's three albums. They're not a trilogy, but one one of them is a prequel to it. To uh, it's a prequel to like the first one, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, yeah. it does. Yeah, you're like really out here Quentin Tarantinoing it. Like <laughs> you're like, I have a whole plan yeah. for this movie. The yeah. main, the I, I won't say the main one, but like the first one in order is uh, that's the prequel. I might start working on the prequel soon. Amazing. Yeah, I don't know. What else should we talk about, Kip? We fucking we did it. What what am I missing? Shit, I don't know. <laughs> You're you're guarded. You're a very guarded man, I feel like. I get that a fucking lot. Do you? Let's talk about that then. Why are you so guarded? I don't know. <laughs> just... I think you do know because I, I feel like you fucking process a lot of shit and you're like pretending that you don't process everything. But I know that you sit and process shit because I hear the way you write and you're processing when you write. My homegirl just said this same shit to me verbatim. She's smart. She's probably a cancer too. Is that what it is? No, no she a Leo and okay. she'd be frying my bitch ass but like she i talked she literally was just yelling at me about this shit like yeah. last week i mean I, i'm just saying like you're here like playing the role of cool guy and i know that you're cool don't get me wrong but i also know that you think yeah. you're a fucking thinker and i know that you're like protecting yourself and, and i just i just wonder why shit i don't know man yeah. i just i just be chilling i'm a i'm a heady person that's just how i am yeah like i don't know whenever i'm just dealing with people i just try to just you know what I'm saying? Vibe them out first. Yeah. Because I'm, a, I'm a, like a communicator. I like to communicate with people yeah. effectively. So, you know what I'm saying? I know. You're a very calm communicator. You can feel... I, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, tell me, what is wrong? <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> tell, tell me about the deep spiritual things that you think about, my guy. I know that they're there. No. Um, yeah. I just... I always wonder about that. Like, when people are, are protective of themselves, like... I just wonder. I I know you're a fucking sensitive soul. That's all it is. Just a sensitive soul. Yeah, man. I yeah. just and I just think before I talk. So that's why. I'm, yeah. you know what I'm saying I choose my words very carefully. I wish I did that more. You know? <laughs> I also wish I thought before I ate Taco Bell in the car and got fucking sauce over my shirt. But <laughs> uh, it is what it is. My voice can't write and marker all the time. Sometimes you gotta. You can't just say shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Gotta, I get you. Yeah, yeah. That's smart. That's smart. So. 
what was it like putting out what is inarguably your best record? Like Ohm is like, that's your opus or one of them. I'm sure there are going to be three more. It sounds like already in the pocket, but I mean, this is a, this is a record. That's a huge stylistic leap forward. And you put it out in the middle of a fucking pandemic where you can't really like do anything with it. What's that like? It's perfect for an album like that because it's an album that you have to sit with. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, every if everybody, and I, I really attribute the pandemic to that album doing so good. Yeah, right, because people had time to sit and listen yeah, to it with headphones like, You on. have nothing to do but sit and listen to this album. Yeah. It is, it's a real headphone record, for real. Yeah. Like, that's I sit and work and listen to it, you know? And that's my whole shit. My whole shit is just, like, trying to get you to sit down and listen. Like, yeah. so you can really be all the way. So you so you can process along with you. Mm-hmm. That's real. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Had it not been during a pandemic, would you have tried to tour it? What would like what what were the what yeah, would the plans definitely. be? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Is that the goal ultimately? Is to be like a road musician m- making your scratch that way? You know it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so now that um, the pandemic seems to be clearing up. You know, motherfuckers are getting vaccinated. Venues are starting to open back up. Coming to California and shit. Coming to California. <laughs> do, you, do you foresee this year as being like a tour year, hopefully? Fingers crossed. Yeah. Is that the point of the new EP is to kind of like have something to tour on? Yeah. Yeah. Visuals? Are you making videos for this one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Are they already out? No, no, no. Okay. They got them in the, in the uh, cut right now. Yeah, right. Good. All right. Cool, man. <laughs> i feel like we got a little bit out of you <laughs> maybe maybe we'll do another one and you'll look at me with more trusting eyes and we'll figure out what it is i'm that... still trap, man i don't i just i'll just be chilling i know i get it that's okay man i wouldn't trust me either to be honest <laughs> the, you know they say politicians shouldn't have beards because beards make people look untrustworthy mm. i only have a beard because i'm bald you know no bald, you're not man. supposed to trust people without facial hair that's who you don't trust really yeah. i always you know like everybody that's all, there's never been a president with a beard since like the 1800s because like th- they say oh that makes you look untrustworthy like you're trying to hide something have you ever seen somebody without a mustache like everybody i've seen everybody without a mustache that shit is disgusting Barely. every time <laughs> every time it's disgusting <laughs> <laughs> I feel. Are you talking about like a standalone mustache? Because I no, feel I'm like, talking about no facial, like no hair facial hair all. whatsoever. Yeah. yeah, that is weird. I, I do think like shaving a clean shave is a weird look at this point. Like you know, if you're gonna go for a clean shaven look, just use a beard trimmer and leave some stubble there. Yeah, least, or something know? like you can't just be bare lipped your chin. Ugh. That said, if you ever see a white man that just got a mustache, like avoid that motherfucker. He's weird. If know? he yeah, if he got a mustache, he cool. If he don't got no facial hair at all, he gotta go. All right. I, I see. I disagree. I think if you got if you have shaved your um, cheeks and chin and only have a mustache, that's some of you that you got to watch out for. If it's one of them big fluffy ones like that porn mustache. Yeah. That shit is. No. Yeah. It's some weirdo shit. Uh, anyway. Um, OK. So when does the EP drop? The 14th, you said. Yes. That's called Fago. Fago, baby. Yeah. Fago, baby. So be on the lookout for that. I think this will this episode will probably be, maybe be out like right after that mm. so it'll be perfect it's like yeah. cross promotion perfect yes you know kismet yes, we sir. did it we did it all right tell the people where they can find you online kip stone k-i-p-p underscore stone on twitter and instagram is that your real name no oh that's a great name i thought it was a real name <laughs> and i'm like that's a really cool name kip yeah yeah how'd you come up with kip stone it just sounded cool as fuck it does sound yeah, cool that's yeah <laughs> that shit works. it sounds like an action movie hero or something right. like that. you know what i mean like uh starring in captain america kip stone yeah yeah that's okay. it i don't i don't know i just was like one day it was just like kip stone yeah and that was just that was it sick 
What if you were like, oh, yeah, it's an acronym. It stands for killing intelligently. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's too much work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So Kip Stone, K-I-P-P underscore S-T-O-N-E on every platform. That's Instagram, Twitter, yep. uh, YouTube channel. Yep. Yeah, all that shit. There you go. So you guys can find him online at Kip Stone. My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition. You can follow me online at It's Intuition. You can follow my man, Avery Kentis, behind the boards making the shit sound buttery, at Avery Kentis. Uh, follow us as a unit at kind of neat youtube.com slash kind of neat where you're going to see kip stone perform what song retrograde raps retrograde raps look for that everything wrapped up in a pretty package at kind of neat.net just made that name up on the spot there you go retrograde raps is a freestyle <laughs> um yeah that's it that was kip i'm lee and this was kind of neat <laughs>